What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. This is episode 44 here on January 17, 2019. I am here with Ryan and Tyler and we are going to do some defenseman grading today. How are you guys doing tonight? Uh, I can feel the hate boiling inside of me. I'm doing good. I finally got a computer to use, so it's, uh, it's it's working out pretty good, I would say. Hopefully the voice is much better on this podcast than, than on previous ones. You, know, you don't have any microphones to rub all over. <laughs> you notice the glow he's got with that Tom Brady 12 hat on, too? It's really – it's kind of annoying, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Tom Brady you know so yeah, tonight we're going to go over some defenseman grading. Uh, I we apologize in advance that this will probably the most be the most depressing episode we've ever done. It's as we all know, not looking too bright in Red Wing defenseman world. The Wings themselves are on a two-game win streak, but uh, the defense is on a zero-game win streak. And we'll start with the most painful of them all, and we'll do it the same way that we did last time. I'll do a little recap of their season so far. I will let Tyler and Ryan give them grades, and then I will say whether I agree or disagree with them. So we're going to start with the person that none of us can figure out or how they're still here. Uh, Jonathan Erickson. Uh... (laughs) And we're going to go over a little bit about Jonathan Erickson. As you all know, he was drafted in round nine when there were nine rounds uh, in the 2002 draft, the last pick of the entire draft. Mr. Irrelevant. Literally. Was was Jonathan Erickson. And somehow (laughs) he found his way into the NHL. He has played 30 games this season and has a total of five points, three goals, and two assists. And I, I mean, I know neither of you want to talk about him, but but Tyler, we'll let you start first with with Erickson, and we'll give Ryan a second to cool down before he starts talking. Well, Greg, can I ask you something? And this is a serious question: How does this guy average over eighteen minutes a night? That is baffling. Almost think about it. It's like what what does he have that makes him so special? Well, at this point, at this point, I think Blashell is coaching for the tank by playing Erickson that much. I think he's coaching because his job is gone. He's he's not going to be back next year. There's no chance he's back. And it's Swedish charm. On the Jonathan on the Jonathan Erickson front, though, seriously, on some real talk. Like I remember a few years ago, people were defending this guy like he was, you know, the second coming of Nicholas Lidstrom, and this guy is just like he's the opposite of Nicholas Lidstrom. Lidstrom was great; he he never made a mistake. Erickson, he makes a mistake at the worst possible time, and he just when it comes to making mistakes, like he'll he'll play a very decent game. And then he'll turn the puck over and the team will score and they'll lose the game. It's just like he makes the most mistakes on the team, but then at the most, the worst possible time, he'll turn the puck over. And he's been miserable this year. Every time he's on the ice, it feels like the other team scores. And then he's taken penalties and he's just, he's the worst player we've had probably even since the dead wing era. What's your grade for him, Tyler? Is F possible? Yeah, yeah, you can give him an F. <laughs> you can yeah, make up a letter and give it to him. He's got three goals, so I guess maybe a D minus would, would be like generous. <laughs> no, F plus. <laughs> Ryan, can you talk to me about Erickson without screaming? <laughs> uh, this would be the perfect time to utilize the Facebook comment of the scream scale. Yeah, um, I'll do it so I don't get hit or kicked right now for this person that's sleeping next to me. What the fuck <laughs> is Jonathan Erickson? Seriously, I think he might be three children oh. in a Red Wings uniform. <laughs> there are there are truly no words, and if you follow me on Twitter in my stupidity, between him and Justin Advocator, I think Advocator took over this year but they are the easiest punching bags on this team. And it's so frustrating because 
first of all, he's making over four million. He's one of those fantastic guys that we've got. Sure. He was signed to at the time seemed like an okay contract, but at the same time, you're like, what the hell was that? And every game you go out there, you're just waiting for that moment where he's going to shit himself behind the net, turn it over, and then give a primary assist to the other team. A couple years ago, kind of to Tyler's point, I, you got to admit that you, that you thought the guy could be something. You can still tell sometimes when he actually gets some open ice that he can be effective, but that's because no one's around him and he doesn't really have that much of an opportunity to fuck it up. <laughs> but overall, he's like my favorite tweet of late. Of You count to three or less and he's going to either dump the puck in, turn it over, or just do something stupid. And, and Tyler, you're generous with the D plus. And I think I'm going to have to roll with an F on this one. I said D minus. Or D minus, I'm sorry. Hey, hey, Ryan, here's two things for you. So the first thing, you ever try to watch him skate? He is just like <laughs> the worst skater in the his Like, I could go out there and do a better job than him skating-wise. Maybe not faster, but he his edge work, it's just like he's a bender out there. He's oh, it, it's like a semi-truck trying to take accelerate and turn. <laughs> the other thing, the other thing, the, the only positive thing I've ever seen Jonathan Erickson do was I hate to bring up bad memories, but in 09 when they lost the cup to Pittsburgh, he scored the goal to make it 2-1. He scored the only goal in that game to make it 2-1. In defense of him then, he was actually a good player to watch at the time. Um, but he was also sheltered on bottom pairing minutes. He so actually played off the best team in NHL history, possibly, or in this era anyways. God. Yeah. I'm. I, so Jonathan Erickson, he's never achieved more than 15 points in a season, which is insane. Christ, I never truly realized that until now. Which is insane for a guy that they pay that much money to. Yeah, like, it's nuts. You're paying him like a, a second pair, fringe first pair defenseman, and you're and he can't get more than 15 points in a season. Yeah, he can't skate. He can't shoot. He turns the puck over, and you're playing him 19 minutes a night. Jonathan Thank Erickson you. gets a triple F minus. Uh, <laughs> And you can't trade him. You should have waived him last last uh, end of last season. And there's there's no reason that he's taking a spot from like literally like Tyler said. One of us could go out there and perform the exact same function as Jonathan Erickson. You could put you know? a cone out there, and the cone would do more. Yeah. So God, we're heaven. we're gonna move on before one of us has an aneurysm. Thank you. We're gonna move on to <laughs> Nicholas Cronwall. So if you can see this trend, uh, we're going to try and cover the not-so-great people first and move toward the better ones. Cronwall, as of late, has actually been a little better. He has actually started hitting people. I've seen more than two Cronwalls this year, which is surprising to me. Uh, but Cronwall, in 45 games played, which also is, is good for his age and shape, uh, has two goals and 11 assists, 13 points in 45 games. And we will let Ryan start with Nicholas Cronwall. So Cronwall to me, I, I can't be too upset about how he's played. He hasn't been as sheltered as Bowie may have hoped, especially for the fact that we, all, we always worry that he might just break in half as soon as he gets on the ice because you don't know what his knees are going to do. But for the role that he's played, and I – don't like the fact that he's been on the power play so much. If you're going a four and one, it's okay. I, but to me, I'm going to have to give him a C. I'm, I, I don't want to go lower. I can't go higher. But he's fit into a role where if we actually had some better defensemen, he'd be a perfect bottom pair guy on this team in a true veteran presence that you want. The reason I am happy for him to be out there and playing, he's got 13 points through 45 games is that he's there to help Chalowski grow and be a better defenseman and like guys like Hironic as well. I mean, he's not going to be putting up the points that you would expect. You're not going to get 40-plus points from him this year probably. Uh, 26 he had a couple years ago, 27 just last year, so hopefully he can get back to that point. But as long as he – if he stays healthy and finishes out, it's the final year of his contract, I'm not expecting – crazy outstanding things from him. I think he's doing what he needs to do 
even though it's not what we're used to from Crown Wall. He's hit, but he's putting the body on, and he's still doing more, way more than that fucking pile on Erickson that he sometimes gets paired with. So I'm really <laughs> upset about it. Well, what's your grade? I said C. Okay, C. Yeah. Well, Nicholas Cronwall, the once great defenseman or, or one of the most underrated defensemen in the NHL. And, you know, it, it's not his fault that, you know, his knees are all messed up and, you know, he's kind of a grandpa out there. And, you know, he if he, if he was he's younger, he'd probably have the C. But he he's he's a warrior out there. I mean, you know, he, he still gives it everything he's got. He turns the puck over, you know, he's not as good as he once was and everything. But I mean, he's he's going out there, and I mean, he's got what 40, 45 games played this year, and yep. he's got thirteen points in forty five games. He's got more points on one leg than Erickson has on two. <laughs> God, yeah. I, I mean, think about it. It's like it's like when Datsuk is at the end of his deal. I mean, obviously they're not the same player, but like Datsuk had one bad knee and you know the bad back and everything and he was still pretty much the leading scorer on the team but I, I guess just to give a, a grade here I would say probably a C because you know you can't really go much lower and higher would would probably be I mean I guess a C plus would be like the most but I would go with a C yeah I'm gonna agree with you guys he started the season kind of slow uh, mm-hmm. he's picked it up as of late like you said, he's the veteran presence that's in the room to help the younger guys learn how to be NHL defensemen. He's come on as of late. He's scored a couple goals. He's he most of his points have come in the latter half of of the first half of the season. I think it would be a mis- his his contract is running out, and Greg Krupa tweeted today uh, that he wouldn't be surprised if they signed Cronwall in the off season. Oh Oh God! Here we not, go again. Not think saying that he probably doesn't want to retire and, and would like to come back, and he wouldn't be surprised to see them sign him. And I that would literally be the biggest mistake the Red Wings could make is not letting your contracts fall off and not letting the kids play. But for as far as Cronwell's been this this season, I I'd, I'd give him a C. Um, he, he if he keeps going at the at the way the way he's going the last part of the first half his overall grade for the the season could end up being a CSE plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going to move on though. We're going to go to one Trevor Daly. Uh, Trevor Daly gets knocked a lot for, for not being very visible. A lot of times you don't notice when Trevor Daly is on the ice, but Trevor Daly has played in 31 games. He's had some injury issues this season. Uh, he has two goals and four assists for six points in 31 games. So if you notice the trend is we're not getting a lot of offense off our blue line and it's really biting us in the ass. Uh, yep. But Trevor Daly is, he's there. That's what I'm going to say about Trevor Daly. He's there. He shows up, he plays his game and, and they lose a lot. So uh, Tyler, we're going to let you start with Trevor Daly. Yeah, I mean, when we signed Daly, I think it was a three- or four-year deal. And, like, I mean, he was decent with Pittsburgh, but, like, now he's regressed a bit. And, you know, he's he's not playing the best hockey of his career, but he's also getting older. So, I mean, you don't get better as you get older, unless you're number 12 Tom Brady, of course. Um, Shut up, Bryce. Shut up. <laughs> you could have used Nick Lidstrom there and of all the Tom things, Brady. Yeah. You just had to do it. <laughs> okay, okay, Nick Lidstrom. Um but no, seriously, you don't get better as you get older. And, you know, he's slower. He's more of an older NHL player, you know, versus a younger, faster, you know, more skilled NHL player. So he's more of that shutdown guy at this point of his career. But he's not even very good defensively. He's, you know, obviously he's battled injuries, which isn't really his fault. But I guess if I had to give a grade, I would say somewhere around a C-. minus. Ryan? Okay. Um, Daly to me has been kind of confusing this season. I thought he did an okay job last year. It wasn't awful. It wasn't anything that truly stood out. I was excited when they signed him because I knew it was a three-year deal. It was a bridge type thing to kind of level the playing field for the defense that they've got going on. But the biggest thing that stands out to me is that the last – these three guys that we're talking about, Erickson's 34, Cronwall's 38, 
Daly's 35. That's the horrible trend of this team right now. And thankfully, like I, I believe Daly's contract expires after this year is it next year. Cronwall's expires this year. Erickson, for some fucking reason, has one more year. Um, but I think that he's played a good, uh, okay shutdown role. It's obvious that injuries must have been hampering him throughout the season because he has been extremely slow, I feel. His footwork's not been the same as it was last year. He's got guys beating him around the edge, especially getting in tight on goal. And he just doesn't seem like he's got that pop to his game that you, you're you used to seeing over the last several years, especially when he was with Pittsburgh right before coming over and, that, and then going several years back to Dallas. But I think he's been okay. His offensive stuff hasn't been there like we would hope for. But, I mean, you're looking at a guy that the most points in a single season he's ever scored was 38. In the last couple of years, he's been lucky to hit 20, so uh, 15 for that matter. But it's, to me, I think overall grades another C. He's doing what he's got to do for the defense that we got. How, but like you said, we're not scoring, and he's not either. So, C. Yeah, like you guys said, there's a reason uh, that we have one of the worst defense cores in the entire league, and it's because of the age and skill level of a lot of our players. Daily, like I said, Correct. yeah. Correction, one of the worst D cores of all time. One of the worst D cores I've ever seen. Yeah, but usually there's one guy that sticks out, and there's not one. Well, uh, maybe, maybe uh, yeah, we'll, no, we'll get to it. Uh, so, yeah, daily, not the fastest guy. Doesn't have good, great hands. Doesn't have good setup. He's there. He is decent defensively, but like I said, a lot of nights he's invisible. I'm get, I'm gonna give daily a, a C minus to a C. Uh, he'll get the odd goal when a, a puck goes off him. He doesn't have a good slapper from the line. You can give him the puck all day. He might make one out of every 30 shots he takes might go in. So, like I said, daily, you're getting a C to a C-. minus. But we'll move to a little brighter spot on the D scale, and we're going to move to Mike Green. When Mike Green has been healthy, and that's only been about half the games of this season, Mike Green has been good. We win most of the games that Mike Green plays. He is 26 games played, three goals, 14 assists for 17 points. Mike Green has improved defensively over last season, which I didn't think could happen because, again, of his age, and normally players like him have plateaued and they're not going to learn anything new. But he has improved defensively. His he's always been a good offensive guy. He's number one on the power play to he's your power play quarterback. And I don't know if he stayed down, which he might get get injured again. That's our best chance at the tank for a pick. But when Mike Green's in the lineup, you could win that game. Ryan, you can start with Mike Green. I'm going to give Green... I'm going to go with an A minus, to be quite honest. Uh, he is doing through what you said, 17 points through 26 games, 14 of those are in assists. He's back there driving this team. And I forget what the stats are with and without him in the lineup, but they suck when he's not there. And when he is there, he is a true difference maker like Dylan Larkin is on the front side of the, uh, for the offense. Yeah. In the forward group. He again is, old another older player he's 33 years old but when he's got the puck he is able to drive the play from their own red line at the very back behind the net all the way up the ice and of the three guys that we mentioned Cronwall used to be able to do that but he, he just completely lost it and right now he's the only one of the four we've talked about that can truly make something happen up and down the entire ice Granted, his defense sometimes gets suspect, but he's made some pretty plays this year where his stick just gets in the lane or is able to disrupt the guy trying to push up the side of the ice, and he's able to stop that play and push it right back up. Yes, because of the type of team that this is, he falls victim to some of the oh-shit moments and turnovers in the defensive zone. However, he's able to make up for it because he still has good footwork. He's still able to make plays when you don't think there's going to be a play made. So I'm going to go with an A- minus for, for my green. 
Yeah, Mike Green uh, is the one bright spot. Well, him and, and possibly the next guy that we're going to talk about. But um, Green, when he's in the lineup, they play well. When he's not, they don't play well. I mean, that's that's a common denominator. You know, I mean, he's obviously the guy that you know they miss. But he's obviously not the difference maker when it comes to possibly making the playoffs or not making the playoffs. So, I mean, that's – you know, that that's kind of out of the question at this point, I would say. Um, and that's not even something that we're really, you know, gunning for at the moment. I mean, I know the team will continue to tell you that they believe that they, this team is competitive enough through the playoffs, but deep down they know that they're not competitive enough. Um, Mike Green, solid defensively. He's, he's gotten better defensively this year. Offensively, mm-hmm. for some goals. He, he, it's a very good um, puck-moving defenseman. He's pretty fast. So I would say I would go right with you. I mean, an, a solid A is where I'm going to go with that. I think he's been really good. And, um, yeah. I think I'm going to split the difference, you guys. I'm going to give Mike Green a B-plus to an A-minus. He is probably, for all-around game, is going to be your best defenseman by a hair this season. He, But he should be because he was a former first-round pick. He shouldn't have lost much of a step. Granted, he was playing in Washington with some pretty good teams. But he, you got him to be the quarterback of your power play, and that's what he's doing. And he's got the offensive touch, but stepping up his defensive game has, has really shown. So I'm going to go with a B-plus to an A-minus. Probably one of the higher grades you're going to get on defense this mm-hmm. entire season. The other thing you should say, too, is um... – He's, he's one of the players, too, that, you know, you really can just tell he wants to be in Detroit. I mean, oh yeah, he signed here, and then, you know, they had a chance to trade him at the deadline. He was injured, but it seemed like he wanted to stay here all along, and then, you know, he resigned, and they also gave him a no-movement clause as well, or no-trade clause. So he wants to be in Detroit. He wants to help the rebuild, and you know what? Players like that um, get jobs with the team in the future and, and stuff like that, so. Yeah, and he's huge to this next guy who is Dennis Chalowski. I feel like Dennis Chalowski is a Mike Green type player, but better defensively. He's got an offensive touch that I don't think anyone saw coming into this season at all. He's so good defensively that I don't think anyone saw coming into this season. He's often paired with literally garbage. (laughs) So make Chalowski play with guys like Erickson or Cronwall where you see Chalowski start to fly up the ice to get in the play and like uh, Cronwall almost passes out trying to catch up to them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he needs to be paired with people like Mike Green who can keep up because you're, he likes to hop up and play as he should because he can score. You can see he's got a wicked shot, a great wrister that, that just has eyes for the net. But when you put him with someone like Erickson who – you're going to give he's going to pass over to Erickson Erickson is going to give the puck up Chalowski and I hate using plus minus as a stat but Chalowski is a career plus player and this season he's a minus 15 and I I firmly believe that is because of the defense that you pair him with every night are the ones that give up the puck most often I'm sure he gives up the puck a little bit as well which which but he's a rookie he's still learning yeah But out of 46 games played, he has seven goals and nine assists for a rookie defenseman. For a while, he was leading rookie defenseman Mm -hmm. in in scoring and in points. And at the beginning of this, the first few weeks of the season, people are like, wow, he could be in the Calder discussion. Uh, But I think Chalowski is our blue chip defenseman right now. He's the guy that they're going to build the decor around and he in the next few years could develop into a top pairing defenseman. And we'll let Tyler start with Dennis Chalowski. So Chalowski impressed me from the moment I saw him play in the preseason game in Boston this year. He, uh, I seen him play a few years ago too, but this year he really impressed me. He was playing the body a little bit. He was playing pretty good defensively, you know, good stick and stuff like that. And then, you know, his skating is really graceful and, you know, he's, he's really, he's a good skater. I mean, that, that sounds like, stupid to say but he's a very good skater he's good at moving the puck there's not really much he's not good at you know he does give up the puck a little bit but like you said he's a rookie I would say if I'm gonna be um you know pretty hard on this I would say a b plus but he could even be an a minus 
Ryan? Okay. I'm going to go with the B. I think he's been a solid B. There's, like you mentioned, he was right there with the other rookie defenseman, and he's the other guy not named Dallin or was it Heiskanen, as I say it properly. Yeah, Mira Heiskanen. Yeah, so he's dropped to – he's at 16 points. Dallin's pulled away a little bit. Darlene had 26 points, and Heiskanen's there sitting there at 20. He's really still – right there with those guys if he has a couple solid games and to your point a little bit ago about how the type of shot that we've seen from him I just wish he would use that more I think sometimes he looks to make the play rather than be the play if that makes sense and if he would the early on in the season I think he was doing it better of just talk getting the puck toward the net I wonder if he's had some talking to about trying to do it too much because it had late it would lead to a shot off a leg and then puck's going back the other way and he figured out quickly how that can happen in the NHL level. But I think that he is kind of like what we talked about with Rasmussen is that his pairings have been awful and his the way he's been put out there situationally has been for the most part awful. I wish he was on the pl- the power play more often because he can really make a difference, like you said, Mike Green can, and really moving the puck well. And when he's been out there with Larkin and, and Nyquist, for instance, those guys forming that little triangle up there at the top and kind of playing the umbrella game, it's it's beautiful to watch. And like he, again, to your point, he is a guy that they can build this defense around as long as he continues to get better. And I think he's gotten better and better as the season's gone on. So it's he's one of the the, the few bright spots that we got back there. Yeah, I'm going to give him an A-. minus For a rookie, he's done phenomenally well. He is still third in rookie defenseman behind Rasmus Dahlin and Miro Heiskanen. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next one down is Maxime LeJoy, who in Ottawa, who the Senators fans love, and he's a, a really good rookie also. But his 16 points in 46 games, the next one up is Heiskanen, who in 47 games has 20 points. So and I and Heiskanen's getting paired with a good defenseman and Rasmus Dalian is is the top defenseman in and Buffalo and is getting paired with good defensemen and you're going to pair uh Chalowski with people that are okay and he's still going to produce that's that's pretty good uh for for his season he's an A minus to an A for the rookie season that he's had as a defenseman and and no one I don't think anyone at the beginning of the season thought he was going to do what he's done or be as good and polished, especially the way he started out with St. Cloud uh, a couple of years ago. He's, he's come a very long way. He's very composed. I think he'll, he'll get a letter for this team at some point, I think, mm-hmm. because if you just, even if you listen to him talk afterwards, he absorbs everything and, and he'll really benefit from a guy like green. But Chalowski, I'm going to give an A minus to an A. You know, it's really interesting just to add one small little thing on to the comparison piece. Merrill Heiskanen's playing 23 minutes a game, Dowling 20-37, and then you got Chalowski getting stuck with 18-30. Yep. So that to yeah. show what, what he's been able to do with sheltered minutes on worse pairings, that's it still speaks pretty highly of him, I think. Yeah, more. We're going to move on to a recent return to the lineup, which is Danny DeKaiser, which I struggle emotionally with. <laughs> Most days, I'm not a huge DeKaiser fan, and then he does some stuff that's pretty good. And I'm like, ah, DeKaiser's okay. I would say I like DeKaiser one out of every five games, maybe. Yeah. Uh, like he is, he has been injured a lot this season. He has only played 21 games and has nine points. He came back last game and got two assists, I think. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's okay coming back from injury. But like I said, when you he'll go silent for four games and you'll see him get some bad turnovers or not block a shot that he's supposed to block. So, I, I mean, DeKaiser is DeKaiser. A lot of teams say they'd like him for a million dollars less than what he's currently making. Uh, and, and I think you might be able to trade him this season. But we will let Ryan start with Danny DeKaiser. He is another equally confusing individual for me. Like sometimes you watch him skate around the ice. It looks like he's pulling sand, five sandbags behind him because he looks like he's not moving at all. And then there's other games where he just pops out of nowhere and he's 
flying around the ice, making plays, getting the puck up the ice. And he's actually being the guy that they've always talked about for the last several years. I gave a giant raised eyebrow when they first brought him on and it's still kind of stayed raised over the last several years. He's never really truly been a standout defenseman and this year's really been no different. However, nine points through 21 games, because like you said, he's been hurt pretty much all season. If he actually was going to be playing a full season at that rate, he'd probably be off to his best point total ever in his career because his highest points has been 31 points back in 14, 15. So I'm going to go grade wise for him. Probably a B minus. He's generous. It's, it's very generous, but at the same time for the, playing half the games as everyone and he's still outscoring our, our pylon and right there behind Cronwall. I can't be too upset about it, even though most of it's all through assists. Plus I haven't been like goddamn you to Kaiser like I would with an Erickson. So I'm going to go with the B minus. Okay. Well, you're not going to like my grade when it comes to Danny DeKaiser. Danny DeKaiser is a guy that, when he first came up was very promising and I ended up actually buying a Jersey, I think in 20. That's a ballsy move. Yeah. There's a rule with jerseys where you don't buy them unless they've been on the team for at least five seasons. I I bought it. And, um, Luckily, I was able to sell it a few years ago. Last year, year, I think I sold it for $70. I'm like, that's a win. That is a total win. Anyone that wants a DeKaiser jersey can take it. This guy is one of the most frustrating players that I've I've seen in my life of watching sports. He shows flashes of brilliance, and then he goes back into his same shit of turning the puck over and then being – the dude's 6'4", or something like that, and the dude doesn't hit anything. He might be worse than Erickson when it comes to doing that because at least Erickson sometimes will lay the body. Danny DeKaiser will try to lift somebody's stick or slash somebody or hook somebody or poke check somebody before he even thinks of hitting somebody. That guy is literally one of the most fragile players I, I've ever seen in my life of watching sports. Uh-huh is totally infuriating to watch because I think think he broke his hand watching Mantha fight. (laughs) That's why he he just came back. He just honestly is, is so infuriating to watch because like at one point we thought that this guy was going to be like a really good defensive defenseman and, you know, maybe bring a little bit of offense to the table. But I feel like he got the contract and just doesn't care anymore. And the team's not going anywhere. So, like, okay, whatever, you know. Um, he's he's always hurt now, it seems like. He's never in the lineup. It feels like he doesn't care. So, a person that doesn't care and isn't in the lineup and isn't living up to their potential, I'm sorry, D-plus, and that's generous. I'll split you guys. I'm going to give Danny DeKaiser a C. Uh like I said, he's been better as of late when he's actually in the lineup. He is made of glass and, oh, and glue and scotch tape. And I don't understand. He he wasn't always like that. But when he is in the lineup, he can be effective if he's played correctly. And he's a take him or leave him kind of guy for for me. If he stays, put him on the bottom couple pairings. If he goes good, you get a pick for him. Uh, but I'm going to give DeKaiser around a, a C, low C. I'll give him 74%, which is lower than a C, but not quite a C-. minus. <laughs> and we'll move on to, I think, one of the brighter spots as of lately in the defense until, you know, DeKaiser came back from injury and he got sacked. things happened. Which was Philip Hronick, who his past five, he had five points in his past five games. He has played 21 games this season uh, for the Red Wings and has three goals and six assists, so nine points in 21 games. He started off the season when he came up not great, but that's to be expected coming from the AHL to NHL big game difference. He had one really terrible game where he was literally the reason the other team scored at least three goals. But Lately, he he's picked it up. He's fast. He's got a bomb of a shot. 
he seems to be in the right place at the right time, and his back check is is great. So I will let Tyler start with Philip Hronick. I like Hronick. He's um he's a bright spot. I feel like I feel like he's he's a guy going forward that you can not hang your hat on, obviously, but he's a guy that feels like he 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 gets it. You know, he um he needs to improve defensively, but he's good at moving the puck. He has a good shot. And, um, you know, he hasn't played enough for me to really judge. But uh, from what I have seen, besides that horrible game that, that you're referring to, um, I've liked a lot of what I've seen from Philip Peronic. I mean, watching him play in the AHL last year a little bit and then, you know, seeing him play this year, it, it, there's definitely a difference. And I think that he – benefited already from playing in the AHL and now coming back up he's kind of benefited from you know uh, being a top pair defenseman down there to coming back up here and, and you know kind of moving through the D pairs I would say honestly he's been one of the brighter spots I'd give him a B I, I like it I like where you're at with that I'm gonna actually change my grade for the Kaiser and drop him down to a C because when, and looking <laughs> at the side by side Giving Horonic a B and DeKaiser a B minus, that's not fair to Horonic in my opinion. Um, I think that he is falling victim to the bullshit that is their defense right now. The fact that he is currently a healthy scratch while Erickson remains in the lineup doing the things that we see him do night in and night in night out is extremely frustrating. Uh, kind of to what you guys have mentioned, he reminds me of what. Chalowski and Green can do they he can drive the play up and down the entire ice and everyone else that we've talked about that's playing far more than he is isn't doing that and that's one of the biggest when this team gets moving and actually skating and passing the puck well and with the guys like him helping lead that charge they're one of the hardest teams to play and they're the most fun team to watch on the ice but when you get him only playing 17 minutes of ice time, but still putting points on the board, and then he gets scratched for a couple games, it makes you wonder what the hell's going on. I mean, there's been times, I think earlier this season, he definitely struggled a little bit. I thought he came out looking pretty good, um, but it just didn't click right away. And then I think in this second iteration with him back up, he is, to, to me, I think he's looked fantastic. And he's been comfortable. I really like the Max Boltman piece in the athletics talking about how he's been taking things with stride and going and just playing hockey the way that he should play hockey and nine points in 21 games. I think for the limited and restricted ice time that he's had, he's really shown that he, he can belong. And I think long-term, hopefully he will be a part of that core with Chalowski moving forward. Yeah, I'm going to agree. I'm going to give Philip Peronic a B for the, like you said, limited ice time and versus production that he has. I, I think he is your pairing probably with Chalowski in, in the coming years because they're both they both have speed, they both can shoot. And if you keep green, you can you can play I mean, you can play Chalowski in green and have a great pairing. You can play Heronic in green and have a great pairing. It's who's gonna make the bottom three defensemen that's really gonna matter. But Heronic, he has speed, he's got great edge work, he can shoot, he can back check, he he needs to be better defensively, but that's expected coming from the A to the N. And it's a, a, a B for what he's played. He shouldn't have not been sat when DeKaiser came back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it is what it is, but his progression has been really nice so far. Mm-hmm. And we're going to cap it off by hating ourselves again. So... <laughs> We're going to talk about the very versatile, and I put versatile in the the largest air quotes you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> Luke Witkowski, who, god damn it, <laughs> and it's hard to talk. Luke Witkowski has played 17 games this season and has two points, which is almost uh, close, halfway to matching his total of four points points each of the last two seasons uh which are his highest point totals ever in the nhl uh the first season he played with tampa he was in 16 games and had zero points the second time he was with tampa he had four games and zero points the third uh season with tampa 34 games four points 
the Red Wings, 31 games, four points, and now 17 games, two points. God, so he sucks. I am not sure Luke Witkowski will ever have more than four points because it seems like that's what he's on pace to hit every season of his goddamn life. I think his contract's over. If he gets re-signed, I'm not watching hockey next season. Uh, we're going to switch to a Tigers uh, podcast or or uh, some other kind of podcast. We'll switch to a no, Griffins podcast. No, we're not. I'm, I am not reporting on Luke Witkowski ever again. Luke Witkowski gets an F. I hate all of you people that are like, he's got the most heart on the team and the grit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure he does. Like I said last time, if grit and heart could make Stanley Cup winning teams, then you'd have a full team of Luke Witkowski's and Luke Glendenning's. Like, I I don't understand how you can can say he is needed on this team when he fights at the most inopportune times. The fighting does not help us win at all. No. I just I, – I, I've maybe seen him make three good defensive plays, a period, and – I, I don't I can't say anymore. If you want to, it's not 1980s anymore. It's not the 1990s anymore. These guys are a dime a dozen. They're not needed. You need more skilled players. If he could fight and put up points, fucking good for him. But I don't want him anywhere near the lineup. He could be the best locker room guy ever. Great. Keep him in the locker room and off the ice and don't let him take up a goddamn roster spot. I don't think you need a roster spot just to have a cheerleader in the goddamn locker room, Ryan. Are we allowed to give, like, NA grades? Like, not applicable? You can give – I think there's zeros, zeros are worse than Fs because that means you get no credit. Like, I, what's, what's frustrating is that at times I wish that this SOB – and his crazy antics were sometimes on the ice over Erickson. That's how much I hate Erickson. <laughs> That's what I've come to. And like when I'm actually, when he is on the ice, I, when they go 7D, I actually don't mind it sometimes because that means he's going to be on, an, on the ice when Erickson might be. And that means it's actually a 40 seconds of heaven. But I can't fault the guy. He's making six figures, making the the minimum. I'm assuming. I don't know what his contract is off the top of my head. He's the he's making a shit ton of money to not play hockey, but play hockey. <laughs> so he's making a shit ton of money to go fishing most days. Yeah, so good for him and getting being just good enough, but really not at all. Like um, Justin Applicator. Don't we're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> I've already got my hate out of the system. <laughs> Um, but I, I don't know. I, I Luke Witkowski is making seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot more money than I am, and he gets <laughs> for, for also not playing hockey. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. So I can't fault him for that. So I got. I really don't have anything to say, positive or negatively. He's only got ten penalty minutes this year, so that's a plus, I guess. Um, but that's really all I got. That. In the games I've watched of him, he hasn't done anything too stupid and anything well good. So, <laughs> so Ryan gives him a nothing. I got there's literally I, I'm going with a null in a. A, a a system error when trying yeah. to grade Luke Witkowski. Uh <laughs> Tyler. Well, all I have to say is boy does Luke Witkowski suck. He is a horrible man. He I mean, I guess you get a little bit of credit for being physical, but, like, he's not even out on the ice enough to even be physical. And to the people that like Luke Witkowski, like, are we that far away from remembering how good the Red Wings were, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight years ago? Are we that stupid now that we think? But Luke Tyler, Luke who's going to protect? Who's going to protect our rookies? That's their argument. Who's going to protect our rookies? Yeah, because you still need to protect rookies in 2019, you dumbass. I mean, seriously, you, you don't need to protect rookies. You don't need to fight. You really don't need. Well, I mean, you need to hit, of course. Here, but you, well, here's the question: How many times has Dylan Larkin fought? Would you say roundabout? In his career? 
Yeah, no, in, in the NHL, three. how many times had, do you like think? Three times. How many yeah. fought, How many fights has he lost? I don't think any. Zero, because he yeah. kicks everyone's ass who tries to mess with him. Well, yeah, you got a name like D-Boss, you can't lose. Exactly. So what is the use, Tyler, of Luke Witkowski? A sweet Luke beard. Witkowski, like, I mean, this isn't 2008 where you bring Darren McCarty back and Darren McCarty had a great winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. And, like, you remember you remember him for that, beating the shit out of people. And like, well, Yeah, it's because Darren McCarty could actually score goals. Darren yeah. McCarty was a boss, dude. He was, he was, like, a boss. And then, like, you know, his post-career is sick, too. Like, seriously – Luke Witkowski, just to sum it up, he gets a zero from me as well. Like, this guy does nothing for the team besides being the team cheerleader. And, like, I mean, that sounds bad because I'm sure he's a great guy off the ice. But, like, dude. You can be a great guy and still suck at hockey. I'm a great guy and I suck at hockey. Jonathan Erickson. (laughs) I heard Jonathan Erickson's a prick. I'm not even sure Jonathan Erickson is human. Yeah. But. Uh, I'm going to agree with both of you. Luke Witkowski is a person that puts on skates and sometimes goes on the ice. Can we put a positive spin on the end of this? This is kind of a depressing podcast. Yeah, we yeah, went right here's... from shit to shitter. All right. So I'm also going to give Luke Witkowski an F to a not applicable. Here's my positive spin. I ran Tankathon's NHL draft lottery simulator today 10 times. The Red Wings got a top three pick five times and of those five times three were the number one so well, that is the positive spin at the end of my night because right now we are the we can get that's about we are three points from the bottom of the league and have right now sit in fifth at an 8.5 percent chance of winning the jack hughes sweepstakes you know what's sad is i'm just numb to them losing now at this point they I, look they, they they compete for an entire game well two periods of a game and then they somehow still pull off fucking something up, like pulling a Jonathan Erickson turnover primary assist to the other team. And at this point, lose, it's just, I, it's whatever. I just don't even care. At this care. point, I'm more angry when they win. So, like I the other I'm, night, they came back and won. I'm like, you, you guys were doing so good at falling down the standings and getting a great draft position, and you go and win a game. Great way to mess it all up. How dare but, they win a game, huh, Greg? Yeah, how dare they? That has been – actually, you know what? Can we do this real quick? And, and we've got a few minutes. This is going to be another long podcast. But can we really quickly give goalie grades? I am sure. going to say uh, – I'm going to start with Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Howard has been phenomenal this season. Uh, he has no help in front of him. He has faced the third or fourth most shots in the entire league. He is stat-wise the ninth best goalie in the league this season. And if you keep yelling at me, Jimmy Howard sucks, your opinion on hockey cannot be valid about anything. And Jimmy Howard this season gets an A-. minus. I have to completely agree with you there. A a, a solid A. You've got 32 games played for Howie. He's been healthy pretty much all season with the exception of a couple games right there where you like tweak his back. I think it was. Yep. He's 13, 12, 13 wins, 12 losses, but he's got a nine seventeen save percentage and a two seven one goals against. If you would have told me that was going to be Jimmy's stats, especially his, his goals against going into this season, I would have called you a liar. He's been an up and down guy, I think, for most of his career, but he's been just good enough to keep this team relevant, especially when they're still making the playoffs. He's shown that he can be the number one, and this year I think he's just somehow, even though he's 34 years old, he's elevated his game to a new level that I don't think we've seen before. It's just that the team in front of him now has progressed to that point where you're just like, well, shit, we finally have a goalie doing something for us. We can't do anything with it. Yep. So you guys would agree with my assessment of Jimmy Howard? Yeah. Yeah, right. I agree. You would say A-. minus. So our other goalie is Jonathan Bernier. <laughs> God damn it. There are a lot of people that think Jonathan Bernier should be played over Jimmy Howard and will yell at me that Jimmy Howard is garbage and Bernier has the possibility of being better. So the stats also show that uh, Jonathan Bernier is the fourth worst backup goalie this season. 
Uh, he is not good. He is, it's hard to call him okay. He'll have a game where he's lights out and then he'll have three games in a row where he lets in five goals. So I'm going to give Jonathan Bernier a D plus. Uh, and I mean, we would have done the same with Jared Coro as we did with Jonathan Bernier for a lot less money. Mm-hmm. I agree. I mean, Bernier was a guy that we thought could come in here and could be a good one-two punch with him and Jimmy. And he has done just about everything but that. Um, he's given up a lot of goals. However, he has given up a lot of goals. But at the same time, he has that wretched, and I mean wretched, decor in front of him. And forwards that really don't score a lot of goals. So, I mean, I guess in some sort of way, it's not his fault totally. But he does give up some leaky goals and I guess D plus is, is is where I would go with that as well. We were I think we were all pretty happy and excited with the, with the, what he could possibly bring with Howard being hopefully on the way out and because of his age and so on and so forth. But I mean if he keeps it up at this rate, he's gonna have easily his worst season of his career. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so goalies are done. <laughs> <It's-> <laughs> Yeah, it's just a sad state of affairs right now in the Detroit Red Wings hockey land. But we will find something happy to talk about next time, I swear. <laughs> it's Michigan depending football. on how we see play. Yeah, Michigan yeah. football. Yeah. But we're going to wrap it up tonight. Uh, Tyler, what is your Twitter handle? Let's see if you can get it on take one this time. I will get it on take one. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Ryan. Was your girlfriend holding up a sign to tell you what you, you had to say right there? No, no, she wasn't. Ryan. Uh, my Twitter is at RDRyan33. You can follow me on Twitter at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast on Twitter at Grindline Pod. I hope you like our new intro music. Uh, it took me about 45 minutes to find that and edit it correctly. So you can find our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, on Stitcher on Podbean, on whatever platform you're currently listening to us on. We do have a Facebook page now. If you search the Grindline Podcast on Facebook, you'll find our page. You will also find Grindline Podcast Group. You can join that group and yell at us and and voice your opinions and let us yell back at you. It's a lot of fun. But for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. Stay classy, Hockey Town.